ever wished you could wave well a magic wand and your perimenopause symptoms would go poof and gone? It's not like that. But what we can do is invest in raising our awareness, get connected with our community and with experts and take action, make choices. That's exactly what I'll be discussing today with my guest, Shirley Weir, and sharing her journey through peri to post menopause and how it's led to the founding of a simply amazing community, Menopause Chicks. I hope you'll enjoy it and learn lots. I certainly did. Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. This is the show where women share their experiences of their peri to post-menopause transition and where experts empower and educate you around different aspects of living well and having a positive mindset. I am your host, Clarissa Christensen. I'm a menopause transition specialist and I am also a speaker and an author. I have a deep passion that women can thrive through this time of life with the right support and knowledge. So join me each week as I interview a different guest on a different aspect of this, probably the biggest transition in a woman's life. Well, hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. And today I have a very special guest from over in Canada, over in Vancouver. And that is Shirley Weir, who is going to share her personal story and also how it has led to her founding an amazing, very sizable group of women coming together. So welcome to the show, Shirley. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. I know. And it's early in the morning where you are, isn't it? That's okay. I'm an early bird. I'm just not usually uh, on video this early. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. Thank you so much. I mean... We've talked before, but I would love you for your, to the listeners to share a little bit about, I mean, your menopause journey and what it has led to. So maybe start at the beginning and just, you know, share and we'll jump in and ask questions as we go. Sure, please do. Um, yeah, so I'm 53 years old and I absolutely could never have predicted that I would grow up and be a menopause chick. <laughs> I had a career, I had a business, I had a, you know, a life and then something happened that put me on this, uh, on this path and I'm very, very grateful for it. I love what I do. So um, I would say around age 39, I recall um, I'd already had two children. Um, my husband had had a vasectomy and around age 39, I was, uh, you know, like, boobs were really sore. And I was like, what is happening? I don't know what's happening. I can't be pregnant, but gosh, this is really uncomfortable. And then I didn't really think too much about it until a couple years later. Um, when I was 41, I was at my doctor's office, uh, went for a regular checkup, pap test. Um, my doctor's amazing. She's about 10 years older than I am. I thought that um, this was a great time to bring up with her because she always asks, is there anything else at the end of an appointment? And I was like, this time I'm going to have something. Um, and I'm going to sh- you know, share with her that I'm experiencing brain fog, which was really concerning to me because I had two small children, a business and my aging mother living mm-hmm. with me. 
Um, I had sleep disruption for the first time in my life and not just disruption, but deprivation. Like I would wake up at three in the morning and that would be it. Like I would be up for the day. Uh, and you can only do that for so long. Yeah. And I was experiencing anxiety and depression for the first time in my life. And so I knew a little bit about the menopause transition because I, my sister is 10 years older than I am. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I hate to say it, but almost everything happened to her and nothing happened to me. Like, you know, I got pregnant both times I tried. My period started at 12. Like, everything was just really normal. So I, of course, assumed that I would sail through perimenopause and menopause without, you know, a blink of an eye. Of course. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was like an opportunity to have a conversation with my doctor, someone I know, like, and trust with my health. And she uh, looked at me, and then she looked at my chart, and she said, oh, Shirley, you're 41, you're too young. And that was the end of the conversation. Wow. As she walked out of the room, I first of all sat there and thought, oh my gosh, you are making all of this up. You have to suck this up. Mm-hmm. There's no help for you. What, you're, you know, what you've been experiencing is not real. It's not been validated. Get up off of this table and get on with your life. Those were the messages that I was sending to myself. But it wasn't really long after that where I thought, I don't know, there's something here. I can't be the only one. Yeah. And, um, and so that kind of set me on a journey. And it, at the time, this was, um, this was eight years ago, um, everyone was blogging. That's what you did. You started a blog. You know, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Absolutely. It was a podcast, right? Yeah, now it's a podcast, then it was a blog, you know. <laughs> Technology <Yeah>. moves on. <laughs> or takes it to the next level and calls it a menopause project, which I really love, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought, well, I'll just start a blog because no one is talking about this. And then I'll get back to my life. Um, and the blog got, you know, as you can imagine, it's a very untapped space. There's not a lot of us doing this work. And so it got a a lot of positive feedback and it kind of set me on this path to, oh, like, I think that there's something here. I think what women are really missing, well, a few things. One is a place to go where they can sort out fact from fiction. Where can they take all of the information and get quality health education and ask their questions? And the other thing that was missing, although Facebook communities weren't really a thing then, but was that sense of community. Who, who's that person that can look me in the eye and say, me too, Shirley, you're not alone. And so that's really, you know, what... Uh, menopause chicks does is we you know we try to empower women to navigate their journey to be their own best healthcare advocate to navigate their journey with more confidence and ease because um, it's not an ailment or a disease or a condition or a death sentence nope. um, but it's often a time in our lives maybe the first time in our lives where we really do need support I think that's such an amazing thing and and your story mirrors that of so many other guests I've had on the show in many ways that we're in our late 30s early 40s 
we don't feel well but when we arrive at our doctors and it's not a criticism because there are wonderful no. doctors Absolutely. but we don't get the validation from them or we don't get them saying hey I think you could be in perimenopause often because they don't always know and they are themselves may think, Oh, she's not 50. So, or for, you know, late forties, 50. So no, she's probably just tired and, and needs a bit of a rest. I'll be uh, honest with you. I was tired. Yeah. I was burnt, I was burnt out. Yeah. yeah. I know. And that, you know, so you can like perimenopause is the phase of life, but what was really happening to my health was that I was, burnt out yeah from business two kids aging mother you know trying to do it all and waking up at three in the morning and telling myself I was gifted I had four hours to work before my kids woke up I mean it just in hindsight it was crazy talk but that is actually what I was doing and you're absolutely right it's not our doctor's fault um I have stolen a quote I heard it first from Elizabeth Gilbert it often doesn't resonate with people right away, but after they let it percolate, it will land. And that is, we have to stop sending women to the hardware store to get milk. Yes. So if your doctor is your first step, your first line of defense in this journey, there's a really good chance that you might end up disappointed like I was. And so that's part of the other um, piece of our project if you will is to help women navigate this journey yeah and I think know whether what you're experiencing when it happens is normal is part of what perimenopause can be because often we we don't know I think we're still we might have a bit of an idea and your story very much mirrors mine. I was a single mother working full-time had a child I my mother had passed away but she I've been caring for her and we've got so many balls in the air and we don't sleep and we wake up. Sometimes we wake up at one and two, like I did scroll on your phone for two hours and they get two hours more sleep or we sleep like you did till early hours in the morning. And then we think, Oh, well that's done now. And off we go. And we are, we are burnt out and we do that for many, many years. I think. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the word normal um, because it comes up a lot. I try not to use the word normal other than as a setting on our dryers um, because if women hear that something's normal, like waking up at three in the morning is normal, um, we have a tendency because of who we are and how we've prioritized or not prioritized our health to put our own experiences on the back burner. Yeah. And I am on a mission to get women to put their own health on the front burner. Yeah. So if you say it's normal, it sends a message to your brain, I've got to suck it up, I've got to put up with it. If you tell a woman it's common, she will bring her shoulders down from her ears and kind of go, oh, I'm not alone. Somebody else has figured this out before me. I can figure out too. And I'm not meant to suffer. No. Suffering, um, you know, difficulty is there, but suffering is optional, I think. It's not really even that. It's not negotiable, really. But we are very good at suffering. That's it's so true. I mean, for decades, we have been telling women 
um, you need to put up with pain. And it's not meant to be that way. That wasn't the license that was written at the beginning of time. You're supposed to suffer. No, and and women do have, I mean, not just pain in this transition, but generally women are not listened to when they have pain because they suck it up and and they go and they go maybe eight times before they get a diagnosis, whether that is, you know, I hear a lot of my clients saying, well, I have this terrible joint pain and I'm going, that's because this is this time of life and you need to be taking some corrective action here. You need to be getting support. But my doctor says, I've just got a frozen shoulder and I'm to go away and I'm going, oh. <laughs> but we suck up immense pain as if it's somehow part of who we are and we shouldn't be doing that. So true. So true. And what's fascinating about that is that women still outlive men as a rule right? But if you, if we were able to at this time, um, to go to a retirement community or a senior's home and look around, you do see predominantly women, but you see the majority of those women suffering through osteoporosis, dementia, and incontinence. Those are three things that if we can speak to your listeners today and your audience, that we have an opportunity to invest in now. No guarantees, but let's not just cross our fingers and hope that we don't get osteoporosis, dementia, or incontinence when we're in the senior's home. We actually can do the work now, make the investment now, so that the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years are full of vitality and longevity, right? Yep. Amen to that. And it it is really, I think, that recognition that um, or understanding that women need that a lot of this starts now. This change is so huge. I don't think women understand. They think it's their periods ending. But the sheer difference in our hormones and the balance that's happening, the, the balance shifts here, the declining the hormones that protect our bodies are gone. And we, because also we live longer, we see those symptoms come come through. But yes, if we do the work now, we will work to have stronger bones. We'll have stronger hearts. Yes. Uh, we will have sharper minds. But it is, it's down to us with support to do it. it. It's not going to happen through medication alone or even with medication. It's going to happen because we change diet and exercise and manage our stress. And change the conversation. Oh, yes. And have like, a positive conversation like we're having now. Is paramount, I think. Yeah. 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 That is so true. That is so, but that's the exciting part. And then, and you mentioned the other side, which was brain fog. I mean, right. that is something that still gets sort of brushed over a little bit. It doesn't get talked about in the same way, but it is, it's incredibly debilitating and confidence um, declining i'd say it erodes your confidence for sure i mean i still have brain fog as on my list of of challenges um and i know what i should be doing (laughs) about that and i'm better almost at practicing i mean than at preaching than practicing but um you know you mentioned caring for your mother i was caring for my mother at the same time I was, I drove home from the airport and left my suitcase on the luggage carousel. Like, 
I left the dog in the car mm-hmm. and came in and worked for an hour and went, oh my God, I, the, the dog's in the car. Like I was doing things that were scaring me and scaring my family, but yet nobody really knew what to do about it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's I not like you need to go and put a cast on it or put a Band-Aid on it or, you know, it, there isn't that, as you mentioned, that system, that process of, oh, you need to now like slow down, yeah. meditate, take omega-3s, whatever it is, right? Yeah. 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 There's no um, guidebook. No, there, is, there isn't that sort of ready to go to kind of, this is this, these are some of the tools and techniques you can pull into your life that are there very easily for women to take a hold of and just pull in. And brain fog is very frightening because we start to forget, you know, and we think there's something, I've got dementia is that's often many women's first thought, something wrong with me, I'm doing, like, I mean, leaving the dog in the car and leaving your suitcase behind, you know, or we get to meetings and we stand there. And like, what is it I'm supposed to be saying? What's my boss's name? What What am I doing in this meeting? And the and the kind of a fallout of that is, of course, that other people judge us, and then we judge ourselves, and it becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah, and I think that the you know one of the surprising things for me was the um, you know that silence, you know that hush that would happen after you forget your boss's name, right? It's like nobody talks about it. They, they move away from that woman instead of moving towards her and saying, what do you need? What are you missing nutritionally? What do you, you know, what do you need to bring your stress level down? And, you know, I haven't written this yet, but there's a, you know, a title that's been rolling around in my head for years that is, what if it wasn't perimenopause after all? And if we look at the stress levels of our generation, I mean, the passwords, the fact that it's not lost unless mom can't find it. You know, if we are, midlife women are holding up the world. We know every medical appointment for ourselves, the people in our family who are younger, the people in our family who are older. We know all the passwords, all the banking information, you name it, we are looking after it. And if until we can have these types of conversations that say, hey, I see you, you aren't alone. I know you've got a lot on your plate. I'm going to run towards you when these moments happen, as opposed to away from and pretend that it's not existing, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think it's that it's that recognition of how much women are holding up. I mean, and it's not about men not doing their stuff. It's just that we do more and we are using the uh, time we can't get to sleep or the three o'clock in the morning to do this things that we think we have to do instead of saying to your children, Hey, you clean your bedroom and you be responsible for your laundry. And no, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And learning to have those boundaries, but that is part of it because otherwise we end up crushing and burning as too many of us have done when we are around about 50 and we have, you know, a long journey back. And that's the message we want 
younger women to hear that the journey back from from burnout is not I'm a bit tired I'm going to a yoga retreat it is years and we're always vulnerable totally and that's why I love like the menopause project and the menopause chicks community because I think that we are we are the generation that's going to crack open and change this conversation. I think the women who are following us will actually build new processes and systems and ways of dealing with it. I always, like, I always have this strong, incredible belief that the millennials will solve it. <laughs> yeah. And then the daughters will benefit from it. And my vision is, you know, my daughter who's 16 right now, her and her friends will look back at us and go, wow, that was even a problem, right? Like I want them to think, oh, we don't have to, you know, we've, we've solved that and, and we know so much more and have the ability and the tools. And I think that's about them knowing about their whole bodies too, actually. This yeah. is this conversation that's now bubbling in the other age group about um, periods and about monthly hormonal cycles. And, and, and in a sense, if we can get that conversation, then this flows through into that. And, and both, both age groups are raising this, this conversation, which so needs to be had about women's bodies and women's hormones um, and not follow a logical kind of uh, paternal type of approach to all of this where it's best brushed under the carpet and kept in the quiet and dark. Absolutely. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing glimmers of hope, right? So when I was a teenager in the 80s, you know, exercise was Olivia Newton-John. It was about, you know, aerobics. Yeah. My daughter, uh, who, you know, exercises every day, says, I do it for my mental health. That phrase, you know, that's a generational shift mm -hmm. that gives me a glimmer of hope, right? Yeah. And as the mother of a son, I see that they are much more open at, he's 20, what is he? 22, 23. <laughs> See, that was my brain fog. I can't remember. No, he is about to turn 23. Um, is that they are also, as young men, much more open to talking about their mental health, which in turn makes the conversation about women's mental health. So I feel, I feel hopeful about this millennial and Gen Z generation very, very much. I hope that they really can, can be part of a changing world for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. My son also grew up in a house where the word perimenopause was spoken quite a bit. So I feel he's well-versed. Yes. But let's talk more about menopause chicks and obviously something you founded. Well, tell our listeners a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, so the mission of menopause chicks is to empower women to navigate perimenopause to menopause and beyond with more confidence and ease. And so um, we, I liken it to uh, that of a concierge. Um, I am not a health professional, but I work with many health professionals from many different disciplines. And I want to present women, um, you know, with their menu of options, mm -hmm. and then uh, hopefully have the women in my community take their own health into their own hands. So that's a little bit of a shift too. And we're talking a lot about paradigm shifts today, but um, there is a, there's a concept that, oh, if anything happens to me, someone else outside 
will have the answer. I'll just go to my doctor and my doctor will have the answer. And we want to reverse that as well so that women believe, no, I have the answer. So that might be, you know, that could be an example of, oh, I really, you know, I have a trust-based working relationship with my doctor and that's fine. And doctor, pharmacist, whoever you have on your health team, other women might, you know, the things that might resonate for them could be working with a registered dietitian, could be uh, exploring what acupuncture has to offer, could be daily meditation exercises. And so if we can help women understand this is what's on the menu, you get to pick and choose a la carte what's going to work for you. Um, and you know, we do a lot of curating uh, information and content so that you know, it saves women the time and quite frankly, the money and resources um, that it does take to, because this is a bit of a job. It's work. If you think it's going to be easy, it's not. There's work involved. However, um, we have to communicate to every single woman that there are easy, viable solutions available and that you're not meant to suffer, as we've already said. And I love that because that's putting women exactly where they should be back in the driving seat rather than, and I think women have long time been dictated to around their health and, and actually shifting that is crucially important for them to be able to say, um, I, I'm going to work with my doctor, but I really know that I would benefit from changing my diet or I'd like to, or I want to exercise or I want, I want to do something because I kind of know that I'm not. And, and I think the women I meet that I work with know quite often what's not quite right in, in maybe what they're eating or that they know they're not exercising and they know their sleep should be better. We're not having to tell them one oh one things, but they need the help and the support to put that together in a way that works for them. Yeah. And a lot of what I do, uh, so I have a private online community, as you mentioned, it's on Facebook, Menopause Chicks Private Community. And a lot of what I do is just to help women sort out those thoughts. You know, if, you know, we're, we grow up and we might enlist the help of a financial planner, for example, and you might rely on your financial planner to explain to you what the difference are between stocks and bonds. Um, but we don't really have that for our health. We probably have one, you know, resource. Hopefully you have a family doctor, but not everyone has that educator in their life that can help them sort out what's going to be um, right and relevant for them. No, no, absolutely not. Or, have the space where they can sort of try that as well because sometimes one gets advice from a friend that that worked for them but then you try it and it doesn't work for you Um, so you know that 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 is also part of the journey is being in a safe space where you may you know have some core things that you know and you get the support from the community and the information that there are things that you know, base behaviors and, and, and habits and things that women should have in place around things like diet and exercise, whatever that looks like in reality, that's kind of your mix and match, but we know those. But acupuncture, maybe that works for some people. Maybe that's not so great when you get there. It might not be an experience that you 
particularly enjoy, but you might want to try something else. So I think being able to be in a safe space and have good information and make some of those, those choices is really important. Yeah. And checking in on sort of what beliefs and maybe even myths that you've inherited is really important too. So my background is in marketing uh, and media, and I know that like what I can bring to the women in my community is to help us decipher um, fact from fiction. Are we making decisions based on headlines and hearsay? Um, I know there are great marketers and great copywriters out there, but a lot of that messaging over the years, we have either consciously or unconsciously adopted. And, you know, I can tell you one of the, there's a lot of products that sometimes will get posted in the community. You know, you've seen them, right? In oh, the, yeah. the pharmacy, it says mm-hmm. meadow, blank, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And a woman will say, well, my friend tried this, like you mentioned, or... Uh, should I try this? And I'm like, turn the bottle around. It's not important what's on the front. What's important is on, you know, read the ingredient list. And so, and that's fine, right? That's not shaming. That's just, we've never actually been taught to look and read the ingredient list. Oh, definitely not, not to stop. And because we're so used to being marketed at the whole time that magic wand, magic wand. Magic wand. Yeah. yeah. And we have that and we have that, that continually comes from the, a lot of the nutritional supplements, pelt beauty and, and the rest of our lives too. But this time of life, we've got to really stop and, and look and question and check in with ourselves. Does that feel right to me? Should I be doing this? And you're right. Myth busting in and because menopause has got so many different facets of it we have myths galore i think there is in the thousands and hundreds of thousands that are not founded in any uh, kind of reality and any research in any scientific understanding it's just a hearsay absolutely and if you repeat something often enough it becomes the truth yes Oh, yes, it does. Well, we have that in our politicians, so we we don't want to go there. But, you know, they repeat stuff, so now everybody thinks it. And if you say it enough, you know, and it appears enough, as you said, in social media, then we just absorb that as reality. And it may be very far away, and it may even be detrimental, because it not because it might harm us directly, but it might stop us from getting to where we want to be um, a little bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 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 So that's wonderful. I mean, surely that's just such a a beautiful overview of your journey and menopause chicks. Where can um, ladies who want to learn more about menopause chicks connect with you? Oh, sure. So (laughs) on social media, uh, we're at menopause chicks everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Facebook has a public page. We also have a private community, as I mentioned. Um, we do a lot of educating with inside the community. Uh, there's a lot of free resources there. Uh, we host events uh, in person and online. Um, yeah. It's lovely. And if you had to leave my listeners with your top best tips for, you know, perimenopause, menopause journeys, what would they be? 
Well, um, the first thing that I would say is we just mentioned magic wand and I like to tell women um, there is no magic wand. It's more like solving a Rubik's cube. So mm. that analogy, but if there is something that's close to magic in terms of navigating this phase of life, it's getting informed. So invest in reading a book or, you know, looking at quality health education resources like you're um, doing. And, um, you know, and if I can repeat what I said at the top, I mean, you're not alone. You are worth it. And you're not meant to suffer. I love that. Shirley, thank you so much for coming on The Menopause Project and sharing your story, your wisdom, and all the work that you're doing to ensure that women aren't alone and don't suffer. Right back at you. I love <laughs> connecting with uh, others on this, you know, doing the same work. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really loved Shirley's energy, her passion around this topic, and how she makes it seem so practical that we can take control here, that we can invest in raising our awareness, not look for magic wands, and connect and get supported. If you're going through menopause and you're struggling and you're looking for more help, then you can reach out to me, Clarissa Christensen, at clarissachristensen.com. Next week, join me on The Menopause Project, where I will be sharing Annie Gibson's story about her transition and how it's transformed the way she thinks about her menopause. Until next time, go well. The... Is it morning yet? Deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp.